Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. First Corinthians 13 is on session three here today. And... Uh, we talked about last time. Let's go to the Lord and let's ask Him that He may open our hearts that we may really receive His Word for us today. Father, thank You that You have seen fit out of Your own heart to release the living and abiding Word of God. And as Jesus, Your Son, said, the words that You speak unto us, they are spirit and they are life. We thank you that your word is, has been given by the Spirit, is preserved by the Spirit of God. We honor you today for that word. We ask you to open our hearts that we may receive that word that lives and abides forever and gives us life. In Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Well, last week we talked about the context of this passage. We saw how in, in 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are talked about. And as I said before, Romans 12 gives us the gifts of the Father. That is those spiritual gifts that are a part of your spiritual DNA. And uh, Romans 12 gives, gives us a list of some of those giftings that come out of the heart of the Father. We talked about how the, the Son, the Lord Jesus, gives gifts to called out servants of His, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those are office gifts given to those of us whom God has called out for that purpose. And then we have in 1 Corinthians 12, as I said, <coughs> the manifestation gifts. You have motivation gifts from the Father. You have ministry office gifts from the Son. And you have manifestation gifts, different ways that the Holy Spirit manifests gifts in the body of Christ. Talk to us uh, in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And right in the middle of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God uses the apostle and interrupts to let us all know that the greatest thing from God is not gifts, it's love. You can have all these gifts that are supernatural and powerful, but if you don't walk in love according to the Word of God here, you have nothing. We talked about last time how um, the, the gift of tongues of men and angels, if you don't have love, it's nothing but a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. As I said last week, the gift of tongues has two particular manifestations. You have the the public gift that is always to be interpreted and not more than two or three at a time in a public worship service. It is a, it is a gift and then you have the manifestation of spiritual language which is a personal ministry of the Holy Spirit to the believer in prayer. So you, you have sometimes the body of Christ gets all these mixed up and crosses boundaries. And you will have some people 
who will be um, speaking out loud sometimes in some context in what is to be a manifestation of spiritual language that is to God and to from that person to God alone and uh, if there is not an interpretation um, which gives it as much authority as prophecy you can read about that in chapter 12 through 14 then what you've got is a manifestation but not the official gift of tongues which requires an interpretation so I um, I know that this is elementary uh, to some of you but um, God's Word is all about order and the giftings are not wild and crazy there there are gifts of love and they are to be they are to be released but they are to be done so in in order does that make sense to everybody so uh, three of us uh, understand that so maybe I should do some uh, buzz maybe I should do some uh, more teaching on that but at any rate where we are again in our third session on love is the superiority of love to any of the gifts. Verse 2, if I have the gift of prophecy, and you know chapter 14 verse 1 says that we ought to desire spiritual gifts, especially that we may prophesy. What does prophecy, what does the gift of prophecy do? Joe, it comforts, it encourages, and it exhorts. It calls you out to call you up. It calls you out to call you up. It is not somebody foretelling the future. Prophecy is a, a gift of encouragement, of edification, of comfort. And uh, you, you'll read about that in chapter 14 as you study about that later. Though I give the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains, if I don't have love, I'm nothing. I can bestow all my goods to feed the poor and give my body to be burned. I can have the gift of giving. I can even submit to martyrdom. But if I don't have the right motives and don't have love, it profits me nothing. How many of you know God can see through my bad motives? Yeah, he can. And um, I bet he can do the same for you as well. We are to operate in love. We talked about these verses the last <clears throat> couple of times. Love suffers long. It hurts. The level to which you can be in pain towards somebody's choices is in direct correlation to your love for them. It hurts. But real love, the agape, this God-given love is life's most powerful spiritual force. It's, it's part of God's character. It's what motivates our God. It is willing to suffer and suffer long and not be withdrawn because love is unconditional. It doesn't depend on performance. The love of God is there because God is there. He chose you because He loves you. 
He didn't choose you because you did a, a, a group of stuff. He didn't choose you because he wanted to use you. He, you. he chose you because he loves you. Everybody say it with me. God chose me because he loves me. That love is uh, unconditional and unrelenting. It never diminishes. Does not depend on our performance. That love is received by faith. It grows, listen, it grows and gets developed through the journey of obedience. It's received by faith but it becomes more enhanced and developed as we learn to walk in obedience to the one who loves us. In other words, we're able to understand the love of God more as we walk in obedience in, in, with Him. But our obedience is not what God is attracted to. He loves you. Our obedience brings Him glory but it also increases our capacity to understand the love that's already been granted. It's not granted because we obey. We obey because it's been granted. Did you get that? God doesn't love you because you obey, but you learn to obey because He's granted you the love. And what the Lord wants us to do is to get more revelation of that love. Because what flows out of revelation of God's love is new development of that love and more manifestation and revelation of how it affects us. And that love's willing to suffer just like Jesus suffered for us. Love suffers long, it's kind, it does not envy, it does not parade itself, it's not puffed up, it doesn't behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. Now that's where we spent most of our time last week. We talked about how sometimes we need to really check ourselves to see if we're really operating in the love of God, because that love does not rejoice in iniquity. If I really am operating in the love of God, I won't rejoice when somebody that I don't particularly care for fails or gets hurt. So sometimes we need to ask ourselves, am I really walking in the love of God if I really want to see somebody get hurt or suffer loss or failure? I'll remind you of 1 John chapter 4 and verse 20. If anyone says he loves God but hates his brother, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. Now that's an acid test right there, isn't it? If anyone says, I love God, but he hates somebody that God has created, he's a liar and the truth's not in him. So we need to ask ourselves that question again. Do I rejoice in iniquity? Do I rejoice when somebody that I don't agree with or who has hurt me, do I rejoice when they get hurt or when they fail? If that is the case, if every time we see certain people 
we get annoyed. We don't want to hear or see anything that person has to say or do. If we want to divorce ourselves from the presence of that person, if we just don't even like the thought of them, we might need to take the test. Are you really receiving the love of God for everybody? Whoever says, I love God, but hates his brother is a liar, and the truth's not in him. There it is. Right out of the Word of God. But that motivating love of God. Well, I mean, the Bible goes on to say this. <clears throat> if I say I love God whom I've not seen, how can I say I don't love my brother whom I have seen? The body of Christ needs to repent of a lack of love. Because i got to tell you, the Bible is very clear. Our, our judgment and our self-righteous robes attracts nobody to Jesus. Romans says it is the kindness of God that draws us to repentance. Do you know the reason that we repented of our sin? Not because we were so great and moral. We repented of our sin because the the love and the kindness of God drew us to Jesus. We must never forget that. Love is the true test of a true disciple. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you really are my followers if you have love for one another. 1 John 4, 16 says, God is, he is motivated by He's characterized by love, agape, unconditional, unrelenting, undiminished love. Say, so, well, Pastor, I don't know if I can work that up. You can't work that up. You have to believe what the Word of God says, that God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him, you did that, Trey, shall not perish but have everlasting life, bud. You received the love of God. And when you by faith did that, by grace you were saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. Guess what? The love of God was deposited in your inner man, in your spirit. The love of God is poured out in your heart by the Holy Spirit. The love of God. It is the only power that can reach to the very gates of hell. Did you hear what Mike sang for us this morning? It can reach from the gates of hell to the highest star. The love of God. It is the heart and the character of God. Now let's get into some new ground here, verse 7. It bears all things. What do you mean by that? Bears all things that are allowed by God. And that have redemptive value. How many of you know that sometimes, if you're like me, when I'm start, when I go through some rough times, my first reaction is to ask God to deliver me from them. Isn't that right? Anybody else? Lord, change this. I see it. There's some others that are like me. I ask you to change this. Change 
them, change this, change that. How many of you know sometimes God doesn't change everything that you want changed or he certainly doesn't do it right when you want it changed? You ever notice that? Bears all things. Love is actually developed when there's a demand placed on it. Now, if you go take a demand on your bank account and you make a withdrawal, it diminishes, right? The love of God gets more developed when a demand is placed on it and you respond with a willingness to obey the Lord. It grows. It gets more deeply developed in your inner man. And that kind of love can bear all things, all things that are allowed by God and all things that have, dimension, that, that have redemptive value to it, all things that the love of God demands, believes all things. Do you know that your faith won't work outside of the context of love? I know that many focus on faith, 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 but this is a powerful scripture. In Galatians 5, 6, the word says that faith works in the atmosphere of love. <clears throat> so if I'm walking in an atmosphere inwardly of aggravation, a lack of love, my faith won't work. God's not interested in somebody that can move mountains with their faith but don't have any love. We've already read that in the early part of this. The Word says, if I can move mountains with my faith but I don't have love, I'm nothing. Our love bears all things. Rejection, resistance, Withdrawal, do you know that there can be rejection, there can be resistance, there can be withdrawal of love by somebody else, but you don't have to take your love off the line. You don't have to take your love off the line. And I'll explain that a little further at the end today. Love doesn't mean that you permit everything. That's not love. Love is not forcing you to permit anything. But love is strong enough to bear all things and to go through all things. Believes all things. The atmosphere of faith hopes all things. You know what? Your faith doesn't, doesn't have anywhere to go if you, if you lose your hope. Because faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The evidence of things you don't see yet. That spiritual force in you, hope, is that spiritual force in you by the Holy Spirit that reaches for a result you don't see yet. 
I mean, if you already saw it, you wouldn't hope for it. Don't lose your hope on those things that the Lord wants to do. But hope operates in an atmosphere of love. Pastor, how do I do that? You receive the love that God has for you according to the Word of God. Father, I thank you. You know all there is to know about me. You saw every choice I was ever going to make and you chose to love me anyway. You knew those that I would, I would be walking my life out with. You knew them. You knew what they were going to behave like. And you led me with them anyway. And I receive your love for them. I receive your love for them. Can I tell you something? That is the reach that God will eventually use to draw all things to himself. If you are absent, you may be called to be absent from situations and people, but you're never called to be absent from the love that God has put in your heart. Your faith and your love will operate together. And when you mix your hope in there to see what God has ordained and what He wants, don't allow what you see or hear today to ever squelch that hope, that faith, that love that's on the inside of you, because that is going to be the seed that's going to bring the harvest you're longing for. Don't let the enemy steal that seed. What else do we see in this verse? Verse 7, real love, agape, God's kind of love, endures all things. What do you mean by all things? All things that God's assigning and calling for. Love is a requirement. By this all men will know my disciples, if you love one another. It's required, it's received by faith. I told you last week about some difficult, painful experiences years ago in my life and how the Lord opened up the eyes of my heart and showed me some things that I was falling short of. Thank you for your grace, Lord. But how many of you know that sometimes when you have situations and circumstances in your face and on your plate, you can't wait till you feel love. Love is not a feeling. Now, you're mature believers. Listen to me well. The love of God is not a feeling. It can produce feelings. But at the heart of its essence, the love of God is not a feeling. It is a spiritual force that flows out of the heart of your Creator and your Redeemer. Now abide faith, hope, and love. These are three spiritual forces that are in the Spirit of God. And when you receive the knowledge of God through Christ your Lord, those three spiritual forces are at work in you because the Holy Spirit lives in you. 
but you received that by faith. How would you even know that? By faith, through the Word of God, the testimony of God Himself, through His Word, that that love has been poured out in your heart by the Holy Spirit. How would you even know that God loves you? And people are going around quoting, well, God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. Yes, He does. But how would you even know that without a dependable forever record that God is on record as saying, this is the way I feel about you, I love you and gave myself for you. Well, I, I, I just feel that way. Your feelings are subject to change. The love of God is received by faith. You say, I don't know about that. Try it. Just try it. Why don't you begin to say, Lord, I don't exactly feel love today. I don't exactly feel your love for me. I don't exactly feel your love for, through me to these people you put in my life. But by faith, I believe you're the, the, the witness of your word, that you're desperately in love with me, that your love will cast out all my fear, that it's filling my heart. And so today I receive it by faith and I will act accordingly. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you act in line with the Word of God. Love is patient. It's kind. Does not seek and demand its own way. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So when something comes that crosses us, we need to take quick stock and receive and walk in the love of God. That is what will eventually lead to repentance. The testimony of the love of God. The love of God is what we need to heal every inner hurt we have because there's nothing that can't be healed and restored with greater, without, with greater revelation of the love of God. There's nothing beyond the reach of the love of God. We don't manufacture it, but we receive it by faith. How does faith come? By hearing what? The Word of God. Lord, I believe your Word says that you love me. I receive that love, and by faith I ask you to help me operate in it. And what you'll find is you continually operate it, that way, receiving the love of God and releasing the love of God. You'll find out that as you receive it and release it, the love of God will become more manifest in your journey. To really know the deep love of God is what makes life worth living. That love is unconditional. But I want to say this, there, there is a lie in our culture today. that believes that if God loves me, He approves of my choices. That is a deceitful lie. So if God loves me, He approves of all the choices that I make. 
that is not in line with the Word of God. It is true that God deeply loves me. But he doesn't love me because of my choices. In fact, my choices can offend him. My choices can grieve him. My choices can get out of line with how love is supposed to operate. My choices can grieve the love of God when it gets out of line with what God says is the way his love operates. My choices can get out of line. It doesn't mean God doesn't still love me. He desperately does. But it doesn't, because God loves me, doesn't mean he approves of all my choices. Our whole culture is under the deceptive lie of the evil one these days. That I can just do anything I choose and that is God approves of my choices regardless of what they are because he loves me. No, God's word is the litmus test of how God's love is expressed. Does God love me when I make choices that are out of order with the way he expresses his love through the Holy Scriptures? Does he love me? If, if, does that mean I can make any, choose, any choice I want about my sexuality and it be approved? No. I'm still loved. But it doesn't mean God approves every choice I make because I'm loved. This is not popular preaching, I understand that. But I will say this. If I or you refuse to love somebody because of the choices they are making about their sexuality, we are offending the Lord. There is no excuse for not loving somebody. None. Do you understand the point here? What I'm afraid has happened is for far too long a lot of Christianity have rejected people based on their own choices and not embraced them through the love of God in spite of those choices. And when we don't love people based on how they look or their own choices, we're failing the Lord. In no way 
does that mean because you love somebody that you approve of their choices? Can I remind you of something? God loves you with all his heart. But not all of your choices or mine are in line with the way he'd want us to act. Amen? So don't take your love off the table. You don't have to bless choices that are out of line with the word and the love of God. You don't have to bless that as a lifestyle, but you have no right to withhold love from anybody that God has given life to. I'm sure I'll get some letters on that one. I want you to know how much we love you. And I want you to know that a great deal of my prayer these days is for the Lord to reveal to all of us a greater revelation of his love that breaks down every barrier, that sees people the way God sees them, that approves the things that his love approves, but continues to do what God does, and that is love us even when our choices are not in line with his word. It is not right to endorse choices that are out of line with the Word of God. It is not right either to withhold love from somebody whose choices are not in line because you've got, can I tell you something? Not all of my or your choices are totally in line with the Lord either. Don't forget that. You got skin on? Well, that means not all of our choices are exactly right. Amen? Got to walk in the love of God. Love is unconditional, but it doesn't affirm all the choices that anybody wants to make. Let's ask the Lord to give us greater revelation of that love. Let's bow our heads together. I want to thank you today for being here. I want to thank all of you who are listening. I want you to know the love of God. For you this day, whoever you are, whatever your life looks like, God loves you. He loves you. His love can be the power on the inside of you that can restore anything broken. His love can be revealed to you that sets you free by the truth. Would you just ask the Lord right now where you may be falling short of 
receiving that love. Do you know it's the love of God that's going to be the magnet? that draws others into that relationship with the Lord that you are craving and crying out for, interceding for. Ask Him to do whatever it takes to remove the veil from the heart of those you love, to break that veil by the power of His love. God, would you remove the veil from our eyes that we may truly see how we look to you. That we would celebrate you and your love. Forgive us for the lie that you love us because of our choices. You love us because of your choice, and for that we praise you, God. We give you thanks, and we ask that that love would be the referee, that your love would be the referee of any and every activity in our mind and our will, that we may see that the boundaries that you set are out of love so that we don't self-destruct. We operate in, in line with your image and likeness. We bless you today, Lord. We give you thanks for your goodness. We declare that we will be the agents of your love by your grace. In Jesus' mighty and holy name, all the people said. Amen and amen. We'll see you next week. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.